Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop, a podcast for the small business owner and creative entrepreneur. My name is Therese and I am a business mentor helping small business owners with their wholesale. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 12, the season finale of Let's Talk Shop. I can't believe it's already been 10 weeks, or well, this is the 10th week of this podcast and I really really love speaking to all my guests and hearing from you who are listening so thank you so much to all of you. I will be taking a little break and then I will be back later this autumn with season two. Before I introduce my guest today I have a little service announcement so I will play that first and then I will come back to you. Today is a super exciting day. I'm launching my first ever online course, which is something I've done together with Catherine from Future Retail. Hello. Hello. And Catherine is here with us to uh, talk about a little bit more what it is and who it's for. So would you tell us a little bit more about what the course is? Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm really excited about this. We've worked together on it over the last couple of months, would you say? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and it, it's um, we both have done wholesale training separately, and we thought that it would be great to combine our expertise into one really comprehensive training. So I'm really excited about it because I feel like you get so much information from um, both the perspective of a selling agent like yourself, and also from the retailer's perspective which is where the bulk of my experience lies. So um, really well-rounded course. We broke it down into five different modules to make it really clear and really as thorough as covering lots of different elements of wholesale. So the first thing that we've got is a freebie. You can download that for free and it's basically a real intro into wholesale. So if you're not familiar with the concept or you've got some questions and you can take a look at that. And then we go into Get Set for Wholesale, which is all about the processes that you need to have in place and the product standards and quality that you need to have in order to start wholesale. So it's a really comprehensive look at where you need to go to get started. Then we talk about pricing. So the third module is all about pricing, how to price your products, what the retailer is going to expect to see from you, how to work out if it even makes money. And the fourth module then going into all of the sales documents. So obviously that's really crucial for wholesale. And Therese, obviously you've got a huge amount of experience in this area. So we go through catalog, line sheet, approach emails, all of those documents. And then the final section is the crucial question of how do you actually find suppliers? So the fifth module is all about um, a sales strategy, how to do your research, how to approach people, how to stay organized and make it really effective. So between all of the modules, we cover lots of different aspects of wholesale. And the goal is that when you finish the course, you are ready to get started. You've got all of the information you need at your fingertips. Yeah. And what I'm really excited about is that you can also buy each module separately. So if you maybe you have actually done a little bit of wholesale, but you're a little bit unsure if your sales material is actually doing what it should be doing for you, 
then you could just buy into that one module or maybe you're feeling a little bit uh, unmotivated and you need a little bit more help on like who should I approach like who should I contact then you can just get that module or you can get it all together of course but um, it's definitely suitable for someone that has not done any wholesale or someone that has done a little bit but need a little bit more support and motivation. Absolutely. And the other thing that we're, we're offering, which is I think going to be really beneficial, is that to celebrate the launch, if you buy the full bundle, so each module is priced at between 15 and £20. So as, as you said, you can buy each one individually. So if you just want to know how to check your pricing you can just buy the pricing module or you want more information about your sales materials you can buy that one separately absolutely you can kind of pick and choose as you need but if you buy the bundle so all five modules together that's 65 pounds which is i think a really great price for the amount of information that you see that's got all the videos audio video if you prefer to listen to your courses instead of watch them it's got um all of the handouts downloads checklists the real wealth of information that we've pulled together and all of that for £65 plus if you purchase it before the end of September then we will be offering a webinar at the end of October which is only for people who've bought the bundle you can come along chat with me uh, with both of us live and ask any questions so if you want to get the modules work your way through them over the next month and then in October come join us for the live Q&A and then any questions that you've got specifically about your business and any help you need to help your wholesale process you're going to be able to come along and join us and if you can't join live we'll be sending around a recording and you'll be able to submit questions ahead of time. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've, you know, probably both of us have been asked about a wholesale online course because Absolutely. not you know when you just start out it's quite an investment maybe to work with someone one-on-one so I'm super excited and thank you so much for coming on Let's Talk Shop to tell us all a little bit more about it. Thanks for having me yeah I can't wait to see how it goes and can't wait for the live Q&A in October to hear everyone's questions and to see lots of people getting their business ready for wholesale. Absolutely me too. Thank you, Catherine, for taking the time to do a little mini appearance on Let's Talk Shop today. And now I want to introduce you to my lovely guest. Uh, it's the lovely Joe, who is the founder and owner of Therain, which is a online shop, which I adore. I think that Joe really curates her range really well she works mainly with makers uh, that make everything here in the UK and she has a really good eye for nice and special products I really hope that you enjoy my chat with Joe today if you do I would love to see where you are tuning in if you're listening while you're making or doing anything else like I listen to podcasts when I'm out walking the dog then do tag me I'm small underscore business underscore collaborative and I would love to see where you are tuning in here's the last interview for season one with Joe. Hello Joe. thank you so much for coming to this season finale on Let's Talk Shop. Season one is 
almost finished. So I'm so happy to have you here today. Therese, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I'm very excited to be a guest and especially at the end of season one. I've loved your podcast. So I'm very, very excited to be on it myself. Thank you. And I I think I first discovered you through Join because you stock Join candles. And I think that's how I, I found you on Instagram probably. Yeah, maybe. I do stock Join candles. The lovely Jen was one of our first suppliers. So shout out to her. Yeah, I, lo- I love her candles. I-, I always have one of her candles at home. <laughs> That's great. To start off with, it would be great if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and fear. Firaine, how do you actually say it? I'm not Welsh. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not Welsh either, so I get it wrong. So the very English way of saying it is Firaine. The Welsh way of saying it is Virain, and that's because it is an ancient Welsh word. Um, it means good and noble, fair, fine, beautiful, all those good things. And Ben actually, my, my husband Ben found it because we were relocating to Wales, having lived overseas, and we were kind of googling you know interesting welsh words so credit to ben um i know that it's a difficult word to pronounce and it's also a uh, spell check seems to change it <laughs> whenever people type it but i've been told it's also a good thing to have an unusual name because i'm not competing with too many other people you know it's one of those it's not very difficult to spell it's not too long it's not one of these like where there's double of letters that you don't think goes together it's it's very (laughs) you know it it, and also the meaning is really lovely it really fits in yeah we we were looking you know for an interesting word that kind of evokes this idea of provenance I knew when opening the shop that I wanted to sell mainly handmade items and I love this idea that there was a word that kind of captured that idea that something was noble you know and made made with the hands by somebody it it needed to kind of capture that idea so hopefully it does I think that's exactly what it does it's so lovely (laughs) thank you so how did you um what was your background before you opened now I'm gonna say this wrong from <laughs> podcast, but Firaid, before you opened your shop, yeah, I've had a varied background actually, Therese. I I left school and was an estate agent, which I absolutely loved, and I think that gave me my first taste really of kind of trying to match people with things that they need. In that case, houses, and I worked down in um, Kent, and it was. It was a really exciting time. And then I moved to London and had a variety of jobs. Through university, I worked at a whole heap of different places. I've, I've always worked, you know, I've always very much enjoyed working. But I've done everything from gardening to working with special educational needs, a whole host of things. And this is actually the first time that I've been self-employed. And so now, in addition to running for rain, I, I work as a freelance writer, blogger and I manage the social media accounts of a few small companies I didn't know that yeah so it's a busy week it's a varied week and it's you know that in itself has its own challenges yeah the the shopkeeper side of of what I do is definitely my passion and that's what you want to grow what what made you want to open a shop well I actually blogged about this a while ago um because it I had to really think about that Um, and I realized that growing up I was actually really drawn to independent shops I was one of those kids that wasn't actually 
too interested in in shopping or or stuff um but I was very interested in the kind of the social side of going into a lovely shop talking to the owner I loved going into art galleries I loved buying cards my mum has always been brilliant at writing to people lots of thank you cards were going on in our house and and I just love that whole experience of kind of finding something a little bit unusual and where, where I grew up in Deal in Kent there was some fantastic independent shops and I and I know that that independent scene has only got stronger actually in Deal and other places like it and and so I realized that yeah I just um I've always loved the kind of experience of independent shops the challenge is to try and translate that shopping experience into an online shopping experience that's been one of the biggest challenges of running an online shop yeah of course and and you know just getting started with it if you don't come with the retail background must have been a challenge yeah i'd i'd worked one of my millions of jobs was at next in canterbury i was thinking about this in preparation for the podcast and it brought back all kinds of crazy memories that I actually really didn't enjoy that I found I found that kind of stackham high approach to retail really challenging but I love talking to mm. the customers and I you know I realized even back then that there, there had to be a different way of doing it and so although I I've never run my own business before I've never worked in in retail as an adult I was a I was a teenager really when I worked in retail before it's just always been something that I've I've quite enjoyed you know and particularly as I said the the customer experience thinking very much about how you can make that an enjoyable time for them if they're in your bricks and mortar shop you know what can you do to welcome them if you're in an online space what can I do as an online shop to to make the whole experience more enjoyable yeah and you do you do a lot with that I think with with your kind of meet the maker and your journal and everything on your website just to make it more of a destination than just a place to go buy pretty thing yeah thank you I've I definitely want for rain to feel like a wider space than a than just a, an online shop obviously there will be customers that just want you know a nice candle or a soap or and they'll go straight to those things but but I just I know I know that my even for myself I nowadays you know when we're not sort of we're not shopping in the same way our shopping habits are different and I know that there's been many guests on your podcast that have discussed this subject and I found it fascinating to learn from those with much more retail experience than I've got about this because I I just feel that yeah people I, I would like customers to come to my website and and not only learn about me but learn about the makers that we represent read about whales my friend Jessica is now mm. contributing with a monthly recipe you know I want it to be almost more of a blog experience with a shop and um, and that's a shift that I'm really enjoying I'm enjoying the way that I can expand the people that I feature the subjects that I talk about so so I'm glad that you've picked up on that Therese that's great yeah I think it's great because I guess the challenge with online is you know just like we I talk to a lot of guests like you were saying you know how do you get people into your shop when you you know away from online I suppose but but you know also as a small online business how do you get people how do you give people a reason to come and kind of stick around and 
and come back and I think yeah <laughs> that is the biggest challenge yeah I am really small you know and um I definitely appreciate the loyal customer base that I've that I have and um, so I I opened Ferrain almost two years ago and I found that I I rely heavily on Instagram like probably many small businesses in fact you know, in, Instagram and the the way the platform works means that a business like mine is able to launch with very little cost, actually. And so that's been great. So mm-hmm. a lot a lot of the people that come to me seem to find me via Instagram. But I'm always amazed with every week there there are customers that come to me who don't ha- who aren't on Instagram or they they perhaps aren't following me on Instagram. So I do I do work hard at at talking about the shop with others and I definitely have appreciated word of mouth I have neglected Pinterest I'm useless on Twitter I do send a monthly newsletter and that seems to again be another way that I can connect with customers and I always get beautiful responses back um, from the newsletter so I do feel that it is a challenge to to market myself to bring in new customers you know the the beauty of online is that the world is your potential customer base but it's also it is also the 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 challenge isn't it because you know I have had customers in Thailand I'm sending something to Finland you know and it's and that's amazing but you know try they're also googling a million other shops so so that's why I hope that when someone lands on my website and they do find something that keeps them there. And if they don't, that's fine. We can still be friends. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that people keep coming back. One of the things that you do is, um, for those who are listening who haven't bought from you, you package things so nicely. It's like you, you get really get a gift, even though I, so far I've only bought things for myself from you. <laughs> <laughs> but it does feel like it's kind of like a gift. Mm. Yeah, I made a very conscious decision when I first opened to not, include you know a sales receipt and and to make it feel like you're receiving a gift I I do feel that although you know admittedly I will buy from Amazon and other retailers I definitely think that there's a a lack of the personal touch sometimes when you buy online and so I, I looked at my sort of you know, touch points and and thought, right, how can I make that just a little bit nicer for people? So when you receive something in the in the post, it just stands out as a little bit different. And, you know, you're, you're spending decent money on items and I, and I want it to arrive with you feeling a little bit special, you know. I think that you are definitely accomplishing that. Oh, thank you. It's all thanks, it's all thanks to my mum's eucalyptus bush, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made daily. <laughs> I like to include a little sprig with my daughter. Uh, yeah, you do. Uh, I mean, you could grow your own, maybe. I could, but honestly, Therese, she's very gifted. <laughs> I'll leave it to her. <laughs> I guess she doesn't mind. No, she doesn't mind. It's her contribution. So, one of the things that I find fascinating is that, you know, because you are very much about slow living and sustainable mm. living. But how do you combine that? You know, that's a real challenge because you, as a shopkeeper, also have to encourage people to buy things. Mm. So how does that work? Like, that's obviously a challenge. How do you tackle that? Yeah, it is a challenge, um, Therese, to balance this idea of shopping and this idea of not shopping (laughs) 
um i don't i don't think slow living as a as a movement as a life choice um necessarily means not shopping i think what i what i subscribe to more is just thinking really carefully about what you buy so for example in my foray newsletter that i send out every month i write the same thing which is that i only buy things i love and i encourage you to do the same and i explain to my to the newsletter recipients i say that this is a slightly bonkers approach for a shopkeeper but it is one of my core values to not waste money on things that I don't need or that I don't love but of course you know I do love giving gifts I do like to treat myself and so there there is always a balance but I, I do think the two the two core values can coexist the the appreciation of um of stuff you know in my case I'm selling handmade goods and also and this um idea of yeah just thinking very carefully before you buy you know I think it is a shift in general in in people's shopping habits I think we are generally slowing down we want to know where things come from who's made them uh, we want to know the provenance of something and I love that hopefully in a very small way Farine can feed into that trend yeah I love I, I think that is really true we just have to change our habits a little bit you know we don't have to have 15 pairs of jeans or you know Mm -hmm. a t-shirt doesn't have to you know we don't have to have it in every color available or because we Mm. if we go out for dinner we don't need a new outfit every single time you know (laughs) yeah yeah if you if you do have those jeans if you do have those t-shirts that's fine and I'll probably borrow them from you (laughs) at some point (laughs) but but for for me it's just something that over the years I've I've definitely become more and more interested in you know I'm I'm definitely not a, a hardcore minimalist I have tons of stuff you know but eat everything that I have you know has a story and it and it and I, it has a sort of sentimental value and it has a use most importantly and I and I would love for that feeling to translate into the the items that I stock at for rain as well yeah so they all have kind of like a purpose I guess yeah exactly and how do you find these new products and how do you select them yeah I I've as I say I've been in business now for two years and I would say that in general I don't have a super quick turnover of stock you know but I do always always look out for things so in general I will find makers through Instagram I'll go on Etsy and have a little look I'll punch in a keyword and sort of see what comes up um I'll if I've identified a, a gap in one of my categories or I want to start a new category then I will go on a little research expedition and go around the internet looking for makers so much of the people I find though I will say are on Instagram and often it's that somebody else has tagged a maker I definitely do look at things that other shops are selling I don't go physically too many shops so I do tend to just look at websites and see you know who who is stocking um, which makers Um, but in general I just keep my eyes open as I'm going around and about and um, do you get people contacting you too? I do. Yeah, I get the most lovely emails. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I I know that. Um, I think it was Antonia was saying about sort of phone calls and emails, and sometimes it it can be overwhelming. You know, honestly, because I would love to stock everybody. I really would. I I yeah. I, I love lots and lots of different things, and so I do have to have a a little bit of a 
kind of criteria to reach you know uh, so people will email me I have on my website a contact form and I you say on there if, if makers would like to contact me that's fine i i don't have the buying power you know of, of bigger shops and so if somebody contacts me very often it's it's nicer for me if they have already perhaps followed me on instagram perhaps stuck up a conversation in dms and so when they do email me i at least kind of know a little bit about them and also that they know a little bit about the shop you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I, I see it from both sides. I definitely appreciate that for a maker, for a supplier, they may be spending the day, you know, emailing lots of prospective clients and, you know, Ferrain might be one of a million. It's definitely nicer if the emails can be, you know, Lodo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that they've actually looked at the shop, they've looked around at what we already sell. I, it's not a big shop. That's, that is... That's kind of the way it works for me. It's it's very fluid. You know, I I do try and I do try and keep up with trends. I do try and tap into trends, but it's never going to be this kind of reactionary thing that I can do because I just as I said, I just don't have the buying power of bigger shops. So I appreciate it if makers come to me and they have an idea of that yeah and know how they fit into that I suppose exactly yeah I think I think that is a really good thing for for makers especially when starting out to really bear in mind that you know if they if they can make that process easier for the shop then they're more likely to be stocked by them if they if they can um say I had an email recently where it was it was obvious that the maker had spent quite a long time actually looking around the mm. website and she'd read some of the blog articles, you know, so even if the answer's no, it just means that it's a more gentle no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, if you have a lot of emails, I suppose, you know, the ones that have really taken the time, mm. you probably also take just an, an extra couple of minutes in replying, whereas, yes. you know, the ones that have just copied and pasted yes that's right and and I'm very willing to reply to questions as well so if some if somebody you know would like an honest opinion about their the material that they're sending or um the way that they've structured their email or their pitch or whatever it might be then you know I I'm hopefully approachable and I would love that. I'd love to help people get into more places. So, you know, if, if that is used to anyone, then feel free. Send those emails. <laughs> You're going to get lots of emails. Yeah. Oh, can you... <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, I think it just, it is, you know, you want to build a community, don't you? Yeah. Of makers, and you, you want to really know what you're selling and stuff. So, how, even if it's not, something you can take on right that minute it doesn't mean that one day it won't fit into what you do I suppose yeah I, f I feel that I want to en encourage people to make beautiful things you know so I would I would I would hate to think that someone was dejected by lots of shops saying no to their products you know it's it's wonderful when there can be a variety of things in my shop um, and I do try and say yes to as many as possible. At the moment, I've got around 30 different makers. That's quite a lot still. Yeah, it's quite a lot. And, and with each one, there's a relationship, which is lovely. But I, I definitely think, yeah, from the maker's perspective and buyer's perspective, they, they can do a lot, you know, to, to make that relationship easier shop. And it all starts with a really good pitch email. You know, and um, 
as I said, if if it is something that I can go for, whether it's now or in the future, then I will give a good response to them. If it's something that feels a bit generic and a bit kind of, you know, differing, then then it, it just puts you off a little bit. So but that would be some advice, actually, to anyone out there <laughs> wanting to be stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why people are listening. So I think that's brilliant. And what sort of, what, what, so that's pretty much what people can do to kind of stand out, I suppose. And also since you find people Mm. on Instagram as well, I guess it's good if your feed can reflect what you do. And I I said to, I think, I said in my episode with Vicky, maybe, um, like your Instagram is a little bit like your shop window, so you can dress it up and make it nice. But, you know, it doesn't have to be everything you are but it needs to reflect your business yeah I would agree with that particularly if you are like I am reliant on an online presence um it is really good for me as a as a shopkeeper to you know read your email go to your Instagram go to your Pinterest and get a really solid idea of your aesthetics a little bit about you I I do think that sometimes they make it make this a lot easier when they're emailing people and just have all of those social media handles clearly in the email so that very quickly we can click 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 get a really good idea about you and and within a few minutes probably Mm. try and have an idea about your products and where they might fit in the in the shop so do you do you go to any trade shows i mean since you mainly work with makers i guess that's maybe not so important for you yeah you know i i always write the trade show dates in my diary and then i triple book (laughs) i don't get to any of them um i went to top door actually when i was first thinking of opening terrain I did have the name terrain and we did go under the name of terrain but I saw some absolutely fantastic makers because I think at they have um, a maker section and that was where I kind of concentrated my efforts I saw green candles I saw um, Loella who's a jewelry maker in Manchester saw a whole range of really beautiful products but I have found that I I I haven't concentrated on doing this, I must say. Um, I think for much bigger shops, perhaps for those with you know a bigger product range and longer lead-in times for their products, that trade shows, I can definitely see the point of going. But what I will do is I'll look at the catalogues and if anything kind of jumps out to me, you know, I will approach makers. So obviously, it's been top all this week we're recording this podcast and, and, I, and I know that that you and Catherine have been really emphasising the need for suppliers to work hard after the trade show to get in touch with people. Yeah, because there will be probably people like me who just, you know, I live in North Wales, it's not down the road, and it's not my priority, but it doesn't mean I'm not interested. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think it's now is often a good time to get in touch with people, even if you didn't you know see them at the trade show yeah, and stuff because yeah. people are going to be, uh, be starting to look for Christmas I suppose now you are more you know you said you were looking at more seasonal rather than buying for an occasion sort of thing but I guess any shop there is tra- more traffic leading up to Christmas so you need slightly more stuff maybe yeah this is it and and also the the trade show ha- helps a 
a maker or a supplier, do you get much clearer probably about the kinds of shops they'd like to work with and it can mm. it can actually serve as a really brilliant way of of helping them clarify their offering you know so if at the end of a trade show they think oh actually working with really small shops is more appealing then you know here I am <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear from anyone <laughs> and what so because you work with small makers mm. and it's generally, you know, something they, a lot of it is stuff they make from their home, I yeah. suppose. What, how does that work with margin? Because I'm guessing that could be a bit of a challenge if you work with a lot of smaller businesses. Yeah, this is this is where Ferrain has been, I think, quite unusual. I'd love to know if I'm unusual or not really, but one of the um, challenges is working out how best to work with somebody. So so, for example, mm. I if I'm working with a fairly established maker, they offer wholesale terms to a range of people. Then, in general, I'll go with their terms. You know, which um, I'm I'm looking for sort of six to forty kind of fit. And I have found that you know I, I've I rarely negotiate on that. I definitely feel that. You know, we, sh- we should appreciate handmade things. I don't want to have to haggle down with the maker. And usually they are working with very tight um, margins themselves. So um, we're kind of all on the same mm. page. So I read um, on your blog a useful article, Therese, about different ways of working with suppliers. And um, I found that really helpful because even for a small shop like me, there's going to have to be some flexibility about how I work with people. So in my case, I have a number of people that are sale or return, and that works really well. They can test me, I can test out them, and um, you know that's all just down to really good communication and making. Yeah, uh, and I think that could work really well. It you know with online shops because i often say actually you know if if it's ch- sale and return can be a challenge for the maker because if you're well in particular if you are selling to a brick and mortar shop because so many people would pick it up and touch it and you know sometimes unfortunately there are pe- things that goes missing and who's responsible for it and stuff but when you're working with an online retailer like you where you are the one packing the orders and you know you will really take care of the items then I think it could work really well especially if you're working with you know smaller businesses yeah I I I have found it to be quite successful I definitely think that from the maker's perspective they they need to think carefully about it I I've I've definitely felt that some brand new makers are, are quite quick to go down the sale or return route with the sole aim of getting mm. their products out there. But as you say, it can be a challenge if the products are damaged or or if it just is the wrong uh, type of shop for them. You know, it's not to say that everything I've stocked in that way has been successful. Yeah. But I found that because I have got such a range of makers, I everyone seems to have their own individual approach and I try and work with them on that basis so for example some makers will have a really quick turnaround of their product it's much easier for someone who's making cards or prints to to supply to me very quickly and then there's other 
businesses, um, perhaps pharmacists or the um, ones who make leather products or uh, even soaps, you know, that might have a longer lead in time. And so, again, I, it's just all about good communication and making sure that, you know, I'm as organized as I can be. I'm not always <laughs> leads up to Christmas so quite a few makers are kind of asking now that we put in our orders for their products you know because they might be one man band trying to churn out a really beautiful you know successful product and I'd hate to think that you know I'm putting them under too much pressure yeah I, yeah I guess their time because often the makers that you you stock they will also probably sell maybe on Etsy or something some of them or maybe they sell on their own website or something so their time will also be yeah their busiest time will also be coming up I suppose yeah this is it so so it's it's like most things you know it's about being reasonable and um communicative and making sure that the expectations are realistic you know so I can't I can't make a last minute order expecting to you know that's not fair on the makers and it's not really what the shop is about either so, you know, it's um the whole point is for small businesses <laughs> and um <laughs> and I'd hate to be adding to their burdens um by the way that I work. Having said that, I'm I'm learning, you know, and um I'm sure I've made little mistakes along the way. Um but I think, you know, having a relationship that you stock is definitely key. Yeah. And how do you what what would be your top tips to kind of build a long lasting relationship? With, with between the supplier and a stockist yeah I think uh definitely you know make making sure that you you talk regularly you share your concerns I was having a chat this morning with a maker and explaining where we are with sales what perhaps we can do differently make the product you know having those kinds of lines of very open I think the key also I think it's really brilliant if a maker mm. can appreciate your position position as a shop you know I am in competition with other shops so if they can let me know perhaps of um you know keep their stockist list up to date let me know perhaps of any big promotions any change of direction yeah. that they might be taking any new ranges that they might be bringing out any change in packaging you know, it might be that I have old packaging sat on my shelf and there, and someone else is finding the new packaging. So, so really, I suppose, make if making sure that you, you value the shopping which you've stopped and you, you view it as a, as a customer of your own and you give them a good customer experience. So, you know, some, some of the makers that I've had since beginning like every then at join you know she'll she'll let me know if there's new things coming along you know her her candles are a very well established range for her now and I'm able to restock those fairly regularly and she'll let me know if if I need to do that by a certain date she'll let me know if she's going away she'll let me know if there's a new range coming out she let me know that she buys her packaging with certain inks you know it's a really communicative kind of relationship and in those ways that means that the maker is very much on my mind and and hopefully I can do a better job of promoting the product yeah well with knowledge you can do so much more I guess yeah. you know yeah and when they do something new and exciting if you get behind it too then that's better the best for both parties yeah, I guess exactly and that that that's also a good point because I really appreciate it when the makers I stop you know they regram a picture that I've put up they mention me in their 
comments, they tag me on their pictures, that kind of thing. You know, they, those are ways really of keeping the relationship alive. Yeah. I appreciate I think it's very important to remember that it's like a two-way thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. if you both support each other, then... It's brilliant. And it also makes it so yeah. much more fun. Yeah, I really enjoy running the shop, I have to say, because of that. You know, it's it's definitely then not just about stuff. You know, I know challenges the makers are going through. I know that Lily at the Super Sparrow has a new dog who's taking up all her time. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really fun to kind of know all of these things. And um, and yeah, it, just, it, it lifts your product then, I think, from from being quite static on the website it, it means they they feel richer you know they feel more interesting you know the people behind them which was the whole point of, of running the shop in this way yeah and you have just hosted your first pop-up shop we did we very literally brought the shop alive yeah so i teamed up with um Becca at Ivy Rose's Florist Studio. So Becky and I have been best friends for 20 years and we work really well together and we had a great time. We loved it. It was, um, I'm actually in the middle of writing a blog post about it, so um, maybe that'll be soon. Behind the scenes, we took on a building that has been affected. There was an old craft centre in the middle of our little town. So that in itself felt rather nice, bringing up life yeah and um so we had to do a, a lot of painting cleaning scrubbing um we took up the floor tiles we did loads and um we opened for four days and we had a really great time it looked amazing yeah so so becky is a fantastic artist and she brought in some really different plants and flowers and she hosted a flower crown workshop for kids on Saturday and she dotted her beautiful flowers and plants around the terrain stop and I was amazed actually at the kind comments people made about the shop. Where we live in Griffith there's there are some really beautiful shops that I think many of them focus on perhaps Welsh craft and perhaps items that aren't handmade actually. And so my my stuff seemed to the way I kind of mix it all together it seemed to you know attract people and we had yeah I was really I was really really amazed by it all we had a we had a great time I loved as well meeting the customers you know, meeting humans <laughs> when when you work online like I do um, and all the other jobs that I do are online it can be a very lonely existence actually and um, just to be able to talk to people about the shop and about the makers about the products you know we we sell um coffee that's wasted down the road from us here so we had little coffee tasters for everybody and you know just to bring the shop alive was a really exciting thing to do so yeah it was exhausting <laughs> I'm still exhausted <laughs> but it was well worth it yeah we really enjoyed it and it must be so different to actually see people pick up the products and like yeah that was one of the most uh, thrilling things for me actually to to see <laughs> you know items that are ordinarily on the shelf in my home instead on the shelf in the shop the real shop and to see people pick up you know ceramics and Tally Jane's prints and cards and tea towels and all the other things that I sell and to talk about them and discuss them and you know it, it sounds very silly really for, for any shopkeepers yeah. listening. they may know what I mean but um but for me it was really exciting the thing that you know Becky and I talk about but we may well try and do it again 
because it it definitely you know it's good research as well to kind of know what resonates with people you know even talking about the price that they would pay for certain things but useful age that was good research really for me so yeah all in all a really positive experience yeah I, I think that it's always interesting to see just you know from my experience you know a trade chase and stuff what people are drawn in by is and what they actually end up buying and it's just fascinating to me yeah I, I I think it goes back to those days that I was talking about earlier of kind of going into an interesting shop you know and and it not just being about a, a quick transaction you know it's more of an experience and I, I really enjoy that way of shopping myself and so hopefully that's something we created we had this sort of seating area for reluctant shoppers and as I said free coffee we had some tasters of the bare bones chocolate that we sell you know so so it was a really fun place to be actually when it was quiet we were dancing around and <laughs> so, so we had a great time <laughs> and do you think it's something you might do again yeah I think I think we will Becky and I need to talk about it we loved doing it together you know she has a beautiful style and I could work with her flowers all day long and they're absolutely beautiful and so I hope that if I'm if I do it again, I hope to collaborate. But you know, one of the challenges really is finding a slot, time slot, and also you know, and I think this is one of the um, unique challenges of being an online shop. Really, is just the sort of logistics of working out your your inventory, working out how much stock to have. You know, the good thing with with my stuff is that if I didn't sell something, it's okay. It can return to the you know, the stock on the uh, online inventory. You know, yeah. But but yeah, one of the other challenges really was just planning the shop. You know, having a stretch of time. Yeah, of course. Where you can be in the shop. You know. So I think if we were to do it again, we'd probably clear our calendars a bit more in the run-up to it um, because, as I said, we are quite exhausted <laughs> after doing it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think watch this space, Therese, is what I will say to that question. <laughs> and you have also, well, I subscribe to your newsletter, but you are also starting to offering some mentoring services. Yes, I am. So, yes, if you are a newsletter subscriber, you will know this already because I haven't really told anybody else so this is like an announcement <laughs> that um I have appreciated myself learning from others who are actually doing the thing that I would like to do but I've noticed a little bit of a gap for people who want to start very very small and grow in a very organic slow way and so I've decided to offer mentoring services to anyone who might be interested in establishing a business on that in that kind of way so for example one of the women I'm working with um, has a full-time job but she really liked to change that and work for herself she'd like to open an online shop but she doesn't really know where to start you know does she does she build a website first does she reach out to makers first what does she do first um she's also on a really tight budget which is you know what I was on when I started train and so we're talking about ideas of you know, establishing business on a on a shoestring. You know, how can you be clever about what you're using? What should your packaging look like? Is it worth 
paying for advertising is the worst thing in consultation. Lots and lots of questions around those kinds of things. And so, you know, none of it is um none of it is kind of difficult to work out in a way. You can Google the answers to most of it. But um I felt that talking to somebody who's done it and is doing it on a daily basis is you know might be quite useful there is a service that i am now offering yeah i don't think you can google it that easy though because you if you don't know what to google yeah this is it i've personally i found that resources like the ones that you offer and i love the planning resources that jason brooks offers i love every word Kate Ferris, it's the season rights. You know, there's there are so many fantastic resources out there. But I I also feel that for small shops, small online shops, there is this little gap. And I feel that because everything I've done for terrain, I've done myself. Everything is DIY, <laughs> and and I know that there are so many that want to work in this way. I know because they contact, they they will ask me questions in my and Instagram messages, they'll email me, friends will be in conversation. So we are, I think, in this kind of changing time where people want to work for themselves more, you know, whether it's a side hustle or a side job, whether it is like take full time. You know, I think I think it is challenging at times to have the confidence to do that. Um and so if I can help facilitate some of the knowledge that might build the confidence, then, you know, hopefully we'll be a lot more shops like mine you know come to the market yeah and I think knowledge is like knowledge is the number one confidence booster mm, I think yeah and it's so nice if you can share yours because you are talking from a point of experience rather than you know you know you've been there done that sort of thing rather than read about it yeah and I've I've been through you know the challenges and I'm still going through the challenges really of almost every week thinking you know what am I doing surely there are easier ways to make a living (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but there's something about there there is something very very special about running your own business and having the flexibility that that can offer you. There's something very special about the level of energy required. You know, it's, it's somehow the energy comes from somewhere, you know, so if I if I can help them tap into that, then that would be my privilege, you know. And um and I feel that particularly for tiny, tiny small businesses, sometimes they can be intimidated like I was, reading some of the resources that are out there, you know, or listening to these very passionate podcasts or these business coaches who are working at, at a much higher level with bigger budgets and, and greater ambitions, you know. That's not to say that I love a bigger budget and mm. I and I you know, I do have ambitions for the shop, but I I would love to help people who are at that kind of really beginning stage, you know, what e commerce platform should I use? Is it important to be on Pinterest? You know, those kinds of things. I would love to help with that's brilliant. Uh and how could they work what do they do if, if someone is listening and, and they they're interested in your mentoring services, what what should they do? Yeah, well that was my big announcement. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah, find me on Instagram, go to my website, forain.com and there's a contact form. I love to hear from anyone who might be interested. I love to work with people on a very collaborative basis you know it can be in a way that's usually people who are starting their own businesses you know they 
they are taking their time with lots of other commitments. So it would, in the first instance, be a very no obligation informal chat. Brilliant. And what is next for Firay now? What now you've done the pop up? What's happening next? <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely thinking about another pop-up um <laughs> where where we live it's it's not a, a very common thing to do so I do think that in itself is quite exciting to perhaps do that again I am taking the opportunity this kind of new term feelings September seems to bring just have a think about direction of the shop a little bit some of my categories I have and think about whether I'm the best person to offer the products that I do. So I'm having a little, yeah, just a little season of kind of thinking, <laughs> thinking about what's next. I would love to, in time, develop a few of my own products. So I, that's been on, on the list of things to look at closely and, you know, they're definitely being pushed up the list. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, and then yeah hopefully the mentoring will add another string to the offering you know string to the boat and mm. and make rain more of a kind of a website that can be useful to a lot of different people whether you're shopping or not so i'm thinking free resources and that kind of thing <laughs> well it all feeds into building that community yeah, i suppose this is it. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I have been asking all of my guests on season one about a brand that deserves a shout out and a retailer that you think is getting it right. And what what's your latest product find that you think might be popular for autumn? Yeah, well, I knew you were going to ask this because and the, and I've actually discovered some really fabulous people through the guests that you've had in your so I'm grateful for these questions. So the brand that I absolutely love is, and I don't actually really know how to say it, but I think it's Hackles, Hackles. They're based down in Margate and they are a wonderful company selling um, skincare and um, apothecary, but all different things. They, the reason I like them is they are a very honest company. They talk great detail about the ethics of they have a really beautiful story behind them. They push boundaries constantly with their packaging and um, their Instagram's beautiful. Everything they do is very beautiful, very thoughtful, and they just seem to be a very sort of collaborative company. They work with local people. There's just a lot about them that I really love. So hopefully you can put that in your show notes since I, I will have to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> Their products are also great. I don't stock them, but lots of people do. And they really the retailer that I absolutely love is Tash at the Pine Store. So she is one of the hardest working people I have ever known. She has a full-time job and she runs her wonderful shop, The Kind Store. Uh, she is a vegan, she's got big product, she works really, really hard to listen to her customers and she will often ask her customers, should I stop this or this? Are you looking for this or this? She'll work really hard to source very interesting products to meet her high standards and I, and I love that I love that you know she has I'm gonna have to look that up I, I don't know this store yeah you'll love it to read yeah you'll really love her, her shop yeah she's had a really beautiful rebrand and she's just a, a very passionate woman she supports charities through every purchase products and and I I love that she just has such strong core values and she doesn't budge from them she 
unapologetic about the way she works. And then as for latest products, I am obsessed with Jason Swift, who is also a friend. (laughs) 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 She's wonderful. She's a ceramicist and she works under the brand K. And I've just started stocking her beautiful mugs, burners, plastic cups. Um, the reason I love Josie is that, like me, she wants to grow her business in a really sustainable way. She isn't looking to be stocked everywhere. She she just wants to create really beautiful things that are useful at a very accessible price point. And she is just a very natural maker. You know, she's founded, she's turning it into a really successful business. So I'm, I'm thrilled that we're stocking her now at Ferrain. Mm. And definitely, I've got big dreams of having my autumnal hot chocolates in her gorgeous mug. <laughs> so if you do too, they're now at Ferrain. <laughs> so check them out. <laughs> I kind of want hot chocolate now. I know. <laughs> We should. Today really feels like almost like the start of autumn. I know we're supposed to have an Indian yes. summer coming, but today has felt very autonomous here in London, yeah. at least. Yeah, even I am a summer girl through and through, but you know, I am excited. I've got my slippers on, I've got my candles burning. Yeah, <laughs> my hot chocolate will be stirred later. <laughs> yeah, I've been burning. I I love lighting candles in the morning. I know most people probably light them in the evening, but. If I wake up early sometimes, especially now when I've been to trade shows and stuff, yeah, and I get up like at six or something and it's still a little bit dark, mm-hmm. not quite dark, but I just love that bed. Like it's a yeah. nice way to, gentle way to wake up. It is, it is. And it's a nice, you know, what I've really learned through running the shop actually is, is how important it is to feed your senses. You know, and so whether that is washing your hands with the most lovely soap or burning your candle first thing in the morning, you know, or nibbling delicious chocolate, whatever it is, you know, I <laughs> I would yeah. rather have less and make make what I have really, really beautiful, you know, and and enjoyable. So um you burn that candle please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I, I, I think that it is yeah. so important and I think you know, it's like everyday luxuries and yeah. like just taking just a tiny moment. Yeah. It doesn't have to be long, no. you know. I'm not one for sitting down and no. spending an hour meditating. No. I don't have time no. for that. No. But like just having those tiny, seeking out those little pieces of enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I feel very similarly. And I think that, you know, we, the news is heavy, isn't it? At the moment, lots of things are heavy. And um, mm. if we can... Yeah, if we can cheer somebody up or cheer ourselves up you know, with these <laughs> with these beautiful things, then you know it's it is uh, one of life's luxuries for sure. Absolutely, I completely agree. And um, how can people, uh, how can listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah, so I am on Instagram as Ferrain underscore shop. My website is Ferrain I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Twitter sometimes um, yeah. So yeah, I, <laughs> I'd love to hear from anybody well thank you so much for joining me I will put all the links in the show notes of all the businesses we mentioned and everything and your details of course and thank you so much for joining me and for this season finale 
Thank you, Therese, and thanks for creating such brilliant content. <laughs> Thank you. Very generous. Thank you so much, Joe, and thank you everyone that is listening. I really, really appreciate it. Please do help me by rating and reviewing this podcast. And if you want to be notified when season two starts, then please do subscribe. You can also apply to be on season two. I'm planning it out as we speak. I would also love your feedback. Who would you like to hear from in season two? What sort of episodes do you enjoy most? Would you also like to hear solo episodes or maybe even mentoring calls? What what would be the most helpful for you? I, I really want this podcast to be a resource for you guys. Even though it's more like a chat and quite casual, I still want to provide some value for you guys. So do uh, drop me a DM or email me with your feedback. I would love to hear more. Thank you so much for listening to season one. And I look forward to being back later this autumn with season two.